We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This is the Six Man Show on Orlando Magic Podcast with your hosts, Luke Sylvia and Jonathan Osborne, covering all things Magic Basketball. Five fans, four fans. Go Magic. What's going on, Orlando Magic fans? You guys are back with the Six Man Show. Today is February 20th, 2023. Jonathan Osborne here, as always, joined by my co-host, Luke Sylvia. Luke, today is a very important day in our nation's history. It's very important to celebrate your presidents. It's President's Day. So shout out to Jeff Weltman, president of basketball operations of the Orlando Magic. I'm really, we are hoping that you have a great President's Day. I really, I'm, I'm glad you went that direction. Cause I was like, I, I really don't want to fake oh, no. like I, I really don't want to fake like <laughs> I love President's Day or anything. Uh, yeah, shout out to uh, seemingly the goat. You know, he's he's got a good thing going. We got we got a lot popping, Jonathan. As yes, as we do, we will look obviously toward the the rest of the season throughout this episode. But uh, you know, it could it could get people down. I don't know which way you're gonna go. I. I know which way I'm going to go. So, you know, but regardless of, of how the season plays out, we'll continue to reiterate this. He's done a great job. That front office has done awesome. So we will see. You have a lot going into this offseason. So, yes, happy President's Day to you, Mr. Weltman. We're going to really take a look. No games since our last episode, Not at least not any Orlando Magic games, unless you count the Rising Stars game, which we will talk about that. But... We're going to really take a look at the last 23 games of this season, take a look at the Orlando Magic schedule, kind of break it down, and just kind of go over what the odds are that the Magic make the play-in. That's really what we're shooting for, what we're aiming for at this point. And regardless of how people are going to, it's going to make people feel, I only know one way to feel, and that's real. I'm going to be real with how I feel about how this team is going to perform over the essentially last quarter of the season. But before we get into that, Luke, we want to give a, a big shout-out coming up in a couple of weeks here. Uh, not this coming Friday, but the following Friday, we're going to have another watch party on March the 3rd, starting at 6.30. We'll be at Burton's 
located at 801 East Washington Street. Going to be a great time. Make sure that you guys come out for that. Luke and I, funny enough, will already be in Orlando for that weekend for uh, our, our wives work together now, which is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. And uh, they're having like a little work event in Orlando. So we're going to have to sneak away from our wives work event to come Perfect. out and support our Orlando magic. So mm-hmm. they better freaking win. That's all I've got to say. And because, I will you know, say it, it looks, a little bit of flack for this one. <laughs> it looks like uh, a pretty cool setup. A lot of like high top round tables in this place, a pool table in Burton's as well. So, you know, I, I think that it will be a nice, if we can get a great turnout for it, obviously we'll see how the team does coming out of all-star break. We know that you out there, depend on your you know what what makes it happen as far as if you decide to come out to our parties is how the magic have done as of late i'm hoping that the magic can come out hot you got a couple very winnable games coming out of all-star break and we could really be going into the watch party on a great note that would be really exciting i think that we can fill this place up burton's uh, from what i've seen and, and what i see looks like it could be a fun atmosphere so hopefully you guys come out we filled up every place so far and Five, I think you know it's five straight wins for us at Orlando Magic watch parties. We had one in October, November, December, January, February. So four and one. So mm-hmm. four in a row we've won. Excuse me. So yeah, it's going to be a good time. Make sure you guys come out again. Burton's 801 East Washington. That's going to be at 630 on March 3rd, which is two Fridays from now. So again, make sure you guys come out. It's going to be a great time. We'll go through the state of the Magic. There haven't been any games since our last episode with the all-star break and everything, but the magic are 24 and 35 on the season. They have the fifth worst record in the league. They're still 13th place in the Eastern conference. They are four games back of the Toronto Raptors for that final play in spot who uh, Raptors are in the 10 seed. The bulls are in the 11th seed. The magic are two games behind the bulls and the magic are a game and a half behind the Indiana Pacers. So, the Magic have an opportunity to make up a lot of ground this coming week and slide finally, hopefully, into that 12th spot. They've been in the 13th spot, it seems like, since the beginning of December and just been kind of waiting to move upward in the standings. At this point, the Magic are seven and a half games up on Charlotte, which is the closest team below Orlando. So it's really become this kind of six-team or yeah, six team race for eight, nine, and ten. Uh, Atlanta sitting there at twenty nine and thirty. They're five games ahead of the Magic. Probably a little bit too far for the Magic to try to catch them at this point. The Washington Wizards are sitting there at nine. The Magic are four and a half games back of Washington. Probably, you know, it's going to be really difficult to to catch Washington. It's going to be difficult to catch Toronto as well at this point. I know we're going to talk about all of that. But that's where the Magic currently sit in the Eastern Conference standings. So far through, what are we looking at? 59 games here. The Magic have an offensive rating of 111.3, which is good for 25th in the league. They have a defensive rating of 113.9, which ranks 19th in the league. Overall net rating is negative 2.6, which is 25th in the league, Luke. Uh, All-Star weekend. So we had the Rising Stars game on Friday. Paolo Bancaro was in the skills competition Saturday night. Mm-hmm. And as we are recording this, uh, the all-star game is going on literally right now. Luke and I obviously were, were doing this instead of watching that, but we got to watch the draft ahead of the all-star game. 
But what did you think of the Rising Stars game with our boys Paolo and Franz? Uh, the Rising Stars game was was good. I mean, you didn't get to see too much of Franz, obviously. But it doesn't shock me. I don't. Franz is not a guy that. Last year, that was something we talked a lot about was Franz just needs to demand the ball more. He's understand how good he is. I just think that he doesn't really like he didn't care too much about the Rising Stars game. Um, and that's what I'm going to chalk it up to for him. Paolo looked good. Didn't make himself look bad by any means. Had a couple of really impressive shots that he made in that game. It was cool, man. I mean, it, it was it was fun. And, you know, it was good to see that, you know, the magic getting love. Obviously, those guys going picks one and two. So yeah, it was it was cool. I, I mean, nothing crazy. Paolo didn't do anything too crazy in that game, and you know you had guys like like Alvarado, kind of taking it over, being mic'd up, and and all that. I think it was a fun time for sure, but I don't know that it was anything crazy when it comes to the Magic players that were representing. Let's just go back to the rookie sophomore format, mm-hmm. like this new format with like the draft and playing to a, a certain amount is, is like kind of fun. But Franz Wagner, who is like the definition of a rising star, he was the second pick in this draft out of this entire, what was it, like, how many, like 17? It was between like rookies and sophomores. There was, I don't know how, I think it was like 24 guys. Paolo and Franz, number one and two, and you see Franz for like a cumulative five minutes, and then they lose in the first round. Paolo's team wins the whole thing, which was awesome. But you want to see like the best young players in the league. Like you want to see like the dunks. You want to see like the three point shooting. And there was some of that in this game, but it definitely turns it into more of like a competition. Like they they're playing harder, I guess, which is a good thing. But to me, growing up as a kid, half of the fun of the All Star games and like the Rising Stars challenge is like it's just like a glorified pickup game. These guys were throwing alley-oops, you know, got fast break dunks. These guys are pulling up from 40. They're kind of going back and forth, having these little one-on-one matchups throughout the game. And that's really what I enjoy. And as a Magic fan, selfishly, this might not be a popular opinion league-wide. But I was like, man, we got to see Franz for like five minutes. And had it been the traditional format in the rookie-sophomore game that it used to be, we would have saw like 25, 30 minutes of Franz. And that would have been much more enjoyable for me. And then you would have saw, again, all of like the fast break dunks and all that kind of stuff. Most important thing, our guys got out without getting hurt. That's yeah. that's really what I wanted from this whole event. Well, Franz Wagner's Iron Man, so I, whatever. But uh, but yeah, it was nice to see. I will say the G-Leakers never need to be in that again. Uh, they started out getting smoked. Thankfully, Mac McClung, who not only saved the dunk contest, almost saved the G league team as well had some impressive shot making on his end. So yeah, I'm, I'm condense the pool of players. Let's do rookie sophomore a long, like a longer format game, like the NBA all-star game. I get it, man. Maybe they think like, I'm, I'm, I'm assuming there was a reason, right? Like I'm assuming viewership was not great for rookie sophomore type games, but for the people that actually, love the NBA and love watching talent and the young talent um, just better than throwing a wrinkle of like G leaguers and four teams and shortened games. Like I would just rather, like you said, watch long format. Maybe we're in the minority and we probably are, but it was, you know, whatever. 
all-star weekend is is very much more so to draw in like casual observers Mm -hmm. you know to get people familiar with the league's personalities and get them excited about the game but like you know the the hoop heads i I don't even i wouldn't even call us that you know Mm. we love we love our orlando magic but magic heads um, magic heads for sure (laughs) i just don't think that they're really concerned about that i think this whole weekend is just try to try to reach folks that don't necessarily watch the NBA on a on a you know nightly or semi regular basis or whatever, but it was fun. Paolo's team won. The Alvarado stuff, him being mic'd up to me was the favorite, my favorite part of the entire thing. Like he, I'm pretty sure he said the B word, the S word. I think he <laughs> had a couple of F words in there. <laughs> I was like, this dude will never be mic'd up ever again. But this is like quality television. And yeah. then for him to have the game winner, what was just super fun. Hey, gave him content, and that's ultimately what they're wanting. So maybe he will get mic'd up again. Maybe they'll just, I don't know, if there's a way to be quicker on the the, the beeper button. But uh, yeah, I don't know. But it is what it is. So I had some stuff going on Saturday night. I wasn't able to watch like All-Star Saturday. I've heard some things about this skills challenge. Give me your take. Oh, too much stuff. Too much, too many things that don't, need to happen happening you've got well i don't even know three rounds i think the first two rounds worth 100 points to the winning team the last round being worth 200 points uh palo and the rookies essentially they win the first the first one which is more in line with like the normal skills challenge right of old but the passing targets bigger it's a little bit easier it's a lot easier in my opinion than what it used to be when you had like you know lebron and wade going at it in the skills competition that was just so much more fun maybe it's just nostalgia and we're the old grumpy men now but i would prefer that uh but palo and the rookies win solely because they're just more energetic they're not just going through it the jazz i think it was the jazz that like jordan clarkson just like too cool to do it very slowly going through it all that kind of stuff the shooting was abysmal and that wasn't on the nba that was just rookies like only palo made anything and it wasn't even anything, anything crazy palo made like a few right at like below the elbow i mean there was nothing crazy at all and uh yeah uh, it wasn't anything to report like they didn't rookies didn't win i don't even remember did was it the, the jazz I think utah won. utah one yeah the jazz one uh ante the kumpo brothers which turned into Two Ante the Kubo brothers and Drew Holiday. And it was a Reggie Miller, I think, made a comment about and how how mad do you think Aaron and Justin Holiday are that Drew's playing with a couple other other brothers, not not their trio. So, you know, it it was it wasn't great. It wasn't good at all. I if our guys weren't in it, like I could unequivocally say for years to come, I will not be really watching that challenge at all, that competition. In that format. Right. Three-point contest was fun. Three-point contest was cool. Uh, Kevin Herter laid an egg. He had like eight. Julius Randle had like 13 or 12 or something like that. Damian Lillard made it fun. So now, you know, you got Dame who's been in the dunk contest before. Now three-point, he wins the three-point competition. He's 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 so much fun. He's had to have been in a skills contest before, probably. Yeah, who knows? But uh, but he's he's incredible, and he he wore his Weber State uh, jersey 
college jersey, which was cool. And it, I think Respect. it just had Dalla on the back. So he's he's incredible. He's electric. So a lot of fun. But three point competition is always one of, obviously one of my favorites. And then you have the dunk contest where Mac McClung is absurd in that. And those who know, you know. Shaq last night, did you see that clip where Shaq was I talking to Mac and he was like he was like, They don't they don't know your name. Make them know your name. And I'm like, Well, a lot of us know, know his your name. name. Yeah, from the high school clips, like we've been watching this kid forever. I would yeah. love for him to eventually get a shot at the league. I just don't know that he's he's obviously a two way contract now, as of a week and a half ago with Philly. But uh, I don't know that we ever see him actually on a full contract in the NBA at this point again. Like, but he's he was a lot of fun. He's he's electrifying. He's six two, six three, by far the shortest guy in the contest. We've seen it with guys like Nate Robinson. You get an extra boost if you're smaller and you can get up. Poor guys like Jericho Sims, you got to basically touch the moon to really be impressed by a guy that that's like him. So, you know, Mac McClung, he was great. He was awesome. So he was the highlight of the dunk contest. Three-point contest was the same as usual, except it was starry. Like we talked about the starry three-point contest. So they had the starry balls worth like three or something like that. Two of them. So... Yeah, we'll we'll see how they tweak. I, I hope that they tweak for the better coming up. Every dunk contest that we've had, and I can't believe it's been this long now, but every dunk contest, every single year, all I'm reminded by is the fact that Aaron Gordon was robbed in 2016. Like, 2020 was bad, right? Like, he should have won that one as well. Like, to me, that that was the year that it probably, like, wasn't even close that he should have won. But 2016 in my opinion, is the best slam dunk competition performance of all time. Mm -hmm. Like when you just like go dunk for dunk, it's just the best performance that we've ever seen. And Aaron Gordon doesn't have anything, you know, to show for it. Now I do have somewhere in this room here, I've got just boxes all over the place still. I don't know if I've ever showed you this, but I have a signed photo signed by Aaron Gordon of the chair in the air dunk mm. over stuff. And it's got like the Toronto, you know, 2016 all-star game right. logo on there. That's one of my favorite like pieces of memorabilia that I own. Cause like, it's a piece of magic history. It's a piece of NBA history. It is. I don't think it's arguable. It's the best dunk performance of all time uh, in terms of like the NBA dunk contest. Mm -hmm. And then, yeah, we've got what did you think of the the draft? I know you're you're kind of a fan of like the in studio draft a little bit yeah. more. Yeah, I, I like the banter of like just like things that you might miss when it comes to the in studio crew of TNT. There's nobody like those guys as casual watchers as they are. Um, as we know, they are still very funny, and so getting them to get like the best out of the team captains, like LeBron and Katie, I think it was recently and i think that it could have been a lot of fun with lebron and Giannis kind of side by side up on the big wall making picks and everything Giannis is a really funny dude i think that the draft tonight was fine it was good like there was some like quotables throughout the draft but also i think you get more of that when it's in studio you got a lot going on when it's in the you know in the arena and players making cup you have to be like paying very close attention to catch little remarks that the captains are making so you get funny moments i mean these are all humans these are guys that like to have fun and joke around and so yeah what did you think were you are you more 
toward that or do you prefer the studio drafts? Well, if I remember the last couple of drafts, I think that was like uh, two years ago was when it was like Donovan Mitchell and, and Rudy Gobert were like the Jazz, yeah. like the number one team in the league. And they were the two last guys picked and like, oh, we're, you know, when you play like NBA Jam, like you don't play as the Jazz and, and stuff like that. And then last year it was the Harden thing yeah, where they both were like LeBron was making Kevin Durant like pick James Harden. He just kept kind of going around that. Tonight I thought was really great because they did the reserves first. Mm-hmm. And I forget who Giannis picked first, but LeBron's like, oh, oh, he picked Dame first. Giannis mm-hmm. picked Dame first. And LeBron said, man, I, I thought for sure you were going to pick your boy Drew. You know, you're all about loyalty, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> Basically bullying him into having to pick Drew with his second pick, which I thought was hilarious. But what I didn't like is they did the reserves first and then they did the starters. And the only reason you're doing that is so that you don't have the reserve who gets picked last and is all of a sudden like the last kid being picked at kickball. If you're the last pick starter, it's like, okay, I'm still a starter. But it was Lowry Markinen because Zion, you know, wasn't Zion and Steph weren't able to play in, you know, the, the all-star game. So Lowry was kind of made a honorary starter and he gets picked last. But I, I like that. It's like, who who's going to be at the end of the day? If you go back to your locker room after the all-star break and guys are like, oh man, you were the last pick. Like, yeah, I was an all-star. What were you, you bum? <laughs> so I don't know. I kind of liked it. I, th- I thought it was cool how they made it more of like an event, you know, um, in, in terms of like the all-star game and the draft and everything. It was pretty cool. But I also, I also get your perspective as well. But yeah, all-star weekend, just as you get older, it just kind of doesn't hit the same, unfortunately. Mm-mm. No, it's like Christmas. Well, now that I have kids, Christmas is is hitting again. Now that the that's, kids kind of understand what is happening, that's true. And who knows? Maybe when I'm when I start to get a little older, and maybe if the kids get excited about All Star Weekend, maybe it'll kind of bring the magic—no pun intended—bring the magic back for me. You know, mm. but we'll we'll kind of have to wait and see. Folks, we got a very exciting announcement. We've hinted at this over the course of the last you know several weeks here. Uh, talking about our Patreon. So number one, if you didn't know, we do have a Patreon community. You can join at patreon.com slash the six man show. And we talked about wanting to do a very special giveaway for our patrons exclusively once we hit 100 patrons. And this past week, we finally hit 100 patrons. So first of all, a big shout out to our newest patron and our 100th patron, Bull Bull. His first name is his last name. Our patron isn't Bull Bull. That's our patron's name. (laughs) Bull Bull, his first name is his last name. He joined at our monthly elite tier level. So really, really appreciate you and just appreciate everybody. We started the Patreon about a year and a half ago now, I think, Luke. Yeah, started last season. Yeah, it was like August of 2021. And had you told me then that someday we would have 100 patrons, I'd be like, what, for real? So... (laughs) The fact that you know we've gotten to this point, uh, just a big thank you to all of you, you know, people that listen to the show, obviously, but uh, especially our patrons because you all help us do what we do on a week to week basis. Like it would be much harder for us to do the things that we do without you guys, and we certainly wouldn't be able to do things like giveaways without you guys. So we wanted to do something really special, number one, to celebrate hitting a hundred patrons but also really just to thank you all. So the giveaway, we're giving away three Fanatics gift cards. So you can get 
whatever Orlando Magic gear you want. We're giving away one $100 Fanatics gift card, one $200 Fanatics gift card, and then kind of like our grand prize is a $300 Fanatics gift card. So we've already gone and kind of done like the randomizer and we found three random patrons. So a little uh, drum roll here. I'm just banging on my desk. The $100 uh, Fanatics gift card is going to our boy, Magic Player History, our boy from Down Under. That was the worst Australian accent probably in the history of the world. (laughs) Throw another strip on a Bobby. Uh, Our boy, Magic Player History. Now that I have uh, just disrespected your your country, I'm very, very sorry. But you are getting a $100 Fanatics gift card, so really, really hope that you enjoy that. I'll be uh, messaging you on uh, Patreon when all that has been delivered. You'll get it in your email. And then our $200 Fanatics gift card is going to Paul McKinty. A big shout out to Paul. Hope you enjoy that. Hope you get some nice magic gear. And then last but not least, the grand prize $300 Fanatics gift card is going to Rafael Perez. Rafael, congratulations, man. Again, uh, we'll be contacting all of you to, to get you know, the best email to send these out to you. And yeah, get yourself a, a nice Paolo Bancaro jersey if you don't have one already. Franz Wagner, Bull Bull, whoever it is that you want, uh, make sure that you guys you know take advantage of that. And Or if you want to get something for somebody else, it's your guys' money, whatever you want to do with it. Uh, we just, our small way of saying thank you to you guys, and I uh, hope that you guys appreciate that. So talk about our Patreon. Uh, not only do we shout out our brand new patrons every episode that we have them, we always shout out all of our Hall of Fame tier and elite tier patrons. And we'll go ahead and first shout out our boy, the Court Cousins, who are going to be in Orlando this week. I don't know if they're doing any kind of like pregame events, but uh, if you see Kyle, if you see Peach at the Amway this week, I think they're going to be there for the Pistons game and for the Pacers game, if I'm not mistaken. Make sure you guys stop and say what up to those guys. Those guys kill it. They grind you know, uh, all season long, putting out content for you guys. And they are super nice guys. They would love for you guys to come up and, and say what's up with them and take a picture or, or whatever. So, again, shout out to our boys, uh, Kyle and Peach over at Court Cousins. Shout out Armin, Carson Tulo, Jonathan Borges, Normal, Magic Player History, Julio, Gabe Gaines, Wiffle, Michael Martin, Jamel Miller, Michael Salapong, The Distract, Donkey Punch Dave, It's Not OKK to Say Okiki, Pierre A, Migzors, Nostalgia and M&Ms, Dylan Holden, Mr. Mikey, Lil Penny, Eduardo Sanchez, Drum, Danimal, Dutto 15, Bobby Skinner, Goaty 93, Teddy Sylvia, Eric Lopez, Fuchsia, Juan Gerardo, Bill Fulton, Edmund Lagone, Jose Esquilin, Destin for Greatness, Caleb Pete, Cannibalism, Time Mr. TV, Joe Rothfuss, ESPN Really Sucks, Gear 95, Shred, Junior Bruce, Half Freakin', Shahin 177, Bulby the Dawn, Himlo Ban Himro, Arm Prof 221, Ray Pastrana, Magic Kid 714, Let's Bank Don't Tank, Soft Taco Jesse, Barry M, Johnny B, Fuego Nando, Phantom Wolf 72, Irish Magic Mike, Austin Lampy, Random Hustle, Bull Bull. His first name is his last name. A big shout out to all of our 100 patrons. Thank you guys so much. You can find us at patreon.com slash the six man show. No magic games this week, Luke. But folks, do not forget that the day after every Orlando Magic victory, you can get 50% off your online order from Papa John's with code MAGICWIN. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. 
Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Luke, two games this week. So on Thursday at 7 o'clock, the Magic will be at home to take on the Detroit Pistons. On Saturday, you play the Indiana Pacers. We talked about this on the last episode. I've got the Magic going 2-0 and this week. They need both of these wins. They should beat both of these teams. Luke, what do you think happens this week with the Magic? I could play tactic here, try to extend the lead that I have in this contest and go 1-1. One and one. But I genuinely believe that we go 2-0 and this week. So it's all tactic though, because if, if we tie you, you keep your lead regardless. Well, it is still tactic. You're right. But it also is just, you know, maybe I wanted to expand the lead a little bit and go one and one. There's a chance, right? I mean, but I really just think, and number, number I want, and I also think it's very possible this team goes, you know, two and O this week. So I'll, I'll, I'll say, I'll say two and O I'll stick with it. I hope you're right. I'm going to be at that game on Saturday versus the Indiana Pacers. Any of my nerds out there, I wore these glasses specifically for you all on this pod. It's been a hot minute since I wore the spectacles. Not really. 1-800-CONTACTS did me dirty this week, and I don't have my contact lenses. But your boy is going to be at Collecticon on Friday. No, Saturday and Sunday, I'll be at Collecticon in Orlando at the Orange County Convention Center, I believe. If you are going to be there, come say what's up to me. I would love to meet you guys. Luke, did I tell you who is performing Saturday at Collecticon? I think you did, but I forgot who you said. The Yin Yang Twins, baby. (laughs) The freaking Yin Yang Twins. A bunch of 30-somethings are going to be at the Orlando County Convention Center singing Get Low, the Whisper Song. All of the Yin Yang Twin hits. Salt Shaker, yes. (laughs) To the window, to the wall, to the wall, to the sweat drop down my... You know the rest. So, you know you're getting old when you're at the age of like, this should be embarrassing that I'm excited that these guys are going to be there, but I'm like not even low-key. I'm high-key hyped to see the Yin Yang Twins perform at this event. So, I just wanted to shout that out. And then that Saturday night, I'll be at the Pacers game. So I'm really going to need a magic dub there. But Luke, you're coming out of the all-star break here. Again, we talked about the fact that you are four games back of Toronto uh, for the last play-in spot. You're four and a half games back of the Washington Wizards for nine. What do you think? Do you feel like nine is kind of out of reach at this point? Yeah, nine's out of reach, not just because of 
you know, the, you look at it and you're like, well, they're only a half a game up on the Raptors who you might think that we have a chance of getting at being four games back right now. But the Wizards are 10 and five in their last 15. They're playing pretty good basketball right now, especially for a play in team. I just think that it's going to be very hard. The Magic are essentially, I think, like eight and seven in the last 15. So the Wizards have been better. They're trending upwards. It's just going to be very hard. You cannot, if you're the Magic, you can't play 500 basketball, even in my opinion, to catch the Wizards. Like you, you have to do better than that. So we'll, we'll see. But I, I, I do think yes for that reason. Even if it's the Hawks that swaps to nine, I think you're not catching that nine spot. So I agree with you mm. for you know a few of the reasons that that you just mentioned and. To make up four and a half games in, in 23 games doesn't sound that crazy. But we talk about this team all the time because, in my opinion, it was the last quote-unquote somewhat special Magic team, that 18-19 team. My first season covering you know the Magic here at the six-man show. And the last 31 games of the year, you go 22-9 and nine to finish the season 42-40, and 40, and you get into the playoffs. It would take a run like that for the Magic to reach that ninth spot. I'm not saying that mm-hmm. this team doesn't have it in them. That was a super special run, regardless of what, what team you are. For any team to go 22-9 and nine over their last 31, pretty good freaking basketball. I just don't know if this team is going to be able to reach that. I think, so I know, obviously, I mentioned like the the Hawks. If they went from eight to the nine spot, I think the Wizards do jump the Hawks in in these final games, the last stretch. the The Hawks right now in the last like twenty games are eleven and nine. So you have to, like you said, to get to that spot. Furthermore, to get to the nine spot, which obviously you need to get to ten, but if you want a shot at that nine spot, um, then you have to, like you said, play like they did when they went twenty-two and nine in the, in, in that thir- in those thirty-one games. But I, I just don't even know what that looks like. I don't know if that's even really honestly feasible. But that's that's why they play the games, Jonathan. We'll see. So talking about these last you know, twenty-three games here. When you break it down into like the strength of schedule, so to speak, the Magic have uh, 10 games left against teams that are below 500. 13 of those last 23 games are against teams that are above 500 at this point. Now, we talked about this a little bit before we started recording. You've got the Milwaukee Bucks um, on March 1st. Now, you're on the road, but Milwaukee's playing their third game in four nights. They're also it's the second night of a back-to-back for them. When you play uh the Milwaukee Bucks at home on what is that, March 7th. Again, it's their third and fourth nights. It's their second night of a back-to-back. You play the Miami Heat March 11th. It's their third and four nights, second game of a back-to-back. When you play the Knicks, on March 23rd at home, same thing. When you play the Nets, March 26th, 
same thing, and the Magic have two days rest before that game. So the rest advantage in a handful of these games against teams above 500 in this last 23-game stretch, you do have a rest advantage. That doesn't necessarily mean anything, but the Magic are going to need every bit of help mm-hmm. that they can get. Yeah. Well, now, you it, do have a couple of games against the Brooklyn Nets who I know have been initially playing well since moving Kyrie, since moving mm-hmm. Kevin Durant. Still not a super talented team. Not a bad team by any means. But when you look at their record, I don't think that is necessarily the team that you are playing now. Yeah. Um, they are... 34 and 24 on the season. Mm-hmm. I think at this point, they're probably much closer to like a 500 basketball team. Yeah. And, and I, I did go through Jonathan. I know that you had said you were, you were looking at like rest advantage, things like that really for this, for the, for the segment I went through and I predicted game by game, what I think happens. And it gives me a good kind of barometer for what to expect. As you've already laid out, the teams that you play, you know, the amount of teams you play over 500 versus under, rest advantage, things like that. That Bucks game that's at Milwaukee, coming, you know, Milwaukee coming off of that of a back to back. At first, I was like, "Ooh, I might make that a, a win," just because Milwaukee's coming off a back to back. And then I remembered, just because the Magic are one and ten on no rest, like that in that situation on the second game of back to back, doesn't mean the Bucks are like that. The Bucks are six and one on the second night of a back to back this year. So I I just don't have the confidence that you're in Milwaukee, that sort of situation. I don't I don't see it happening. Um, you know what that means, right? That means they're gonna win. Yeah, it's a magic win. Yeah. If it doesn't make sense, the magic is gonna works. win the game. So I will say that my list is very logical. In in this scenario, and it's not necessarily, I guess, my real predictions, but it, it might be close, that the Magic are beating the teams they're supposed to beat and maybe surprising a team on a back-to-back that's come this, they are coming off no rest, basically. But ultimately, what it'll boil down to in these last 23 games is that I have the Magic going 11-12, and 12, finishing with a record of 35-47. and 47. The total record I'm not mad at. Finishing 11 and 12, not ideal. Is there a chance this team instead does maybe three games better on the win total than I suggested or and this suggests? Absolutely. But I think this gives you a good idea when you're looking at, okay, what do we need to do to get into that playing conversation? You have to do better than 11 and 12. And unfortunately, that's just like maybe more of a realistic thing to think. Does this team go on a tear? I don't know, but that's just kind of where I've got them at in these last 23. Walk me through game by game. Tell okay. me tell me where the wins are and where the losses are. So I've got you winning Pistons and Pacers. I've got you losing at at uh, at the Pelicans. I've got you losing at the Bucks. I've got a win in Charlotte. A win at home against the Blazers. Loss to the Bucks. Win to Utah. Loss to the Heat when they're coming off a of back-to-back. They're 5-3 and three on no rest. I also think if you're going to beat the Heat this year, you beat them at home in this last game that you end up choking away. I say, you know, we're going Spurs win, Suns at Phoenix loss, at Clippers loss, at Lakers W. Um, 
Wizards home game. I'm saying it's a loss. I think they're just hot right now. They also have two games rest, and that'll be the Magic's third game and fourth night, so probably a loss. There you go. Knicks, I have uh, you winning that game. Good shot. I mean, the Knicks are 5-4 and four with no rest. You're still looking to get that game, to get a game from them. It's their second night of a back-to-back. I have you beating the Nets. I have you losing at Grizzlies, at Wizards. Um, I have you beating the Pistons, beating the Cavs, then losing to the Cavs. The Nets, they're on a back-to-back. Unfortunately, you're also on a back-to-back. This team stinks on a back-to-back as we've established loss at Miami, ending the season with a loss as well. I've got to say, going through the list here, I, I pretty much agree with every single one of these results. They're I logical maybe, and, and maybe some yeah. surprises. You win in L.A. I don't know that you necessarily expect that at this point. L.A.'s kind of changed their roster, made moves. But I, you know, I, I sprinkled in some illogical wins and you're still at 11 and 12. So I, I don't know where what budges. So I think what this boils down to, Luke, and you and I have really been talking about this for weeks now. Mm-hmm. is when you look at the amount of like improvement that the Magic had last year after the All-Star break, obviously getting Markel Fultz back healthy was a big part of that. The Magic played much better when he came back. Uh, you tank away probably like the last like four or five games of the season. I know you didn't lose all of those, but you know there was like games where there was no Franz. I know Wendell Carter Jr. missed a large chunk of the season at the end of the year there. But for the Magic to make this a realistic possibility of making the playing game, I already feel like this team is probably playing right now, uh, maybe even a little bit better than the team was that the you know post All Star break last year, where they were what like seventh in defensive rating post All Star break last year. This team is probably already a little bit better than that team, but maybe it doesn't feel that way because the team like was so bad for so much of the season last year, and then you had this kind of huge turnaround. But if I was just kind of comparing, you know, this team currently to post all-star break magic last year, I still feel like the team is better right now. Mm -hmm. But I think that's maybe even a little bit more concerning because this team would still have to have that kind of an improvement. Like, yeah, you know, we've talked the last couple of months, the magic are playing a little bit over 500. You're going to have to play a lot of, bit over 500 the last 23 games like the magic are probably going to have to go like 14 and 9 15 and 8 over the last 23 games if you're going to have a realistic chance at making the play-in now we both agree like 11 and 12 is probably likely it's pretty realistic i think if you were to tell me you have to find a way to win four more of those games along the way i don't feel terrible about those odds is it unlikely? Yes. Mm-hmm. You're four games back with 23 games to go. At this point, let's just be real. It is unlikely that the Magic make the plan. I don't feel like it's impossible. You you have to, and this is not anything of a surprise to anybody, you have to beat, you have to be better than the Toronto Raptors, who you're four games behind. I think the the Pacers continue their free fall. The Pacers in their last 15 are 3 and 12. The Bulls who are obviously sitting at that 11 spot and you're two games behind them, the Bulls are are 8 and 12 in their last 20. You have a chance to pass them. It comes down to the Raptors. And the Raptors I love this game, I will say this is like the part of being a fan that I do enjoy is like the 
ridiculous looking ahead and looking back at what teams are doing. The Raptors are 12 and 8 in their last 20. They're playing good, the decent basketball. They're playing play in basketball. And just added Jakob Pertl. And Jakob Pertl, who daddied us. So, and the only saving grace here, Jonathan, is that Toronto has the fifth toughest remaining strength of schedule in the league while the Magic are at 17th toughest. So that's kind of your saving grace if there is going to be any. You need the Raptors to really get hung up on some of these tough opponents they've got down the stretch. I didn't have enough time to look at essentially their rest advantages that they've got obviously down the stretch here. They have the same amount of games left. They have 23. So you've got to be essentially four and a half games better than the Raptors. Can you do it? I don't, I don't think so, but you, like you said, you've got to have a good stretch here. You've got to go 15 and eight. I, something along those lines, I would say you might even have to be better than that. So there was a stretch. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. No, you're good. Go ahead. There was a stretch. Um, at the end of November, you know, through the first couple of weeks of uh, December, that Kevin and I, there was a, I think this was, maybe it was right after Cole was born. I, I don't remember. You you had missed a, a pod. My son, Kevin not I, Cole Anthony. Not Yeah, your son, not Cole Anthony. Mm-hmm. You, you you missed a pod, and, and Kevin was, was, was on the pod with me, and we were coming off of, two brutal losses at home to the Philadelphia 76ers without Tyrese Maxey, without Joel Embiid, without James Harden. Mm-hmm. And at that point, we're in the midst of a one, two, three, four game losing streak. You had lost six out of your last seven. Little did we know the Magic were really smack dab in the middle of a nine game losing streak. And we went through and we looked at like a 12-game streak where the Magic were playing playoff teams every single night. You went Brooklyn, Atlanta, Cleveland, Toronto, Milwaukee, Clippers, Toronto, Toronto, Atlanta, Boston, Boston, Atlanta. And we were trying to sit there at the time the Magic were 5-15 and 15 on the season. <laughs> and Kevin and I are like, what do we have to do to make it through this stretch for the season to still feel salvageable? And we said the Magic have to somehow find a way to go four and eight in that stretch. The Magic went six and six during that stretch. And four and eight, we still felt like was borderline impossible. And the Magic just really, really surprised us, Luke. Yeah. Going back the last 15 games, Paolo Bancaro and Franz Wagner have not been playing up to the level that we had become accustomed to the first three months of the season. Both of those guys, uh, relatively efficient, Franz more so than Paolo, but both of them hovering around 20 points per game. The last 15 games for the Magic, Paolo Bancaro averaging just under 17 points per game, but shooting 36% from the floor, 18% from the three-point line, and 73% from the free-throw line. Franz Wagner, the last 15 games, he was close to 20 right for the season i think he's still hovering around there for the year but last 15 games 15 points per game shooting 46% from the floor almost 40% from 3 which is very good is, is respectable shooting 75% from the free throw line we've talked about this the last couple of weeks leading up to the all-star break no one has needed this break 
more than those two guys. If you go through the the Magic's last 15 games, let's go 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15. There's 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7 losses in there. So you're what, 8 and 7, your last 15 yeah. games. You've got a 110 to 105 loss to the Miami Heat in there. Um, you've got the, uh, let's see, 102 to 98 loss to the New York Knicks. You've got the 107 to 103 overtime loss to the Miami Heat. You've got the 10-point loss that we had on Valentine's Day to the Toronto Raptors. I'm convinced if we are getting like December, Franz Wagner, Paolo Bancaro in those games, the Magic have a chance to go 10 and 5 in that 15-game stretch, maybe even 11 and 4 in that 15-game stretch. So to me, it's going to take Really, a few things. Paolo and Franz, the slump ends now. Like we, we cannot come, have those guys come back and look the way that they did before the All Star break. Mm-hmm. If that happens, the Magic do not have a chance of making the play in. The Magic come out and drop both of these games. Which, if you don't have Franz and Paolo playing to the level that we have become accustomed to, that is possible. The Magic drop both of these first two games. All of a sudden, my play-in hopes are completely gone. Because yeah. then, you know, we said 11 and, and 12. All of a sudden, now you're going to be lucky to go 9 and 14 during mm-hmm. that stretch. That's not getting you into the play-in. No. Like, by any stretch of the imagination. It's going to take that. It's going to take the continued brilliance of Markel Fultz. Cole Anthony is going to have to continue to play at the level that he's been playing. Wendell Carter Jr. is going to have to be healthy for 19 to 20 of those 23 games. Jonathan Isaac is going to have to continue to bump that minutes restriction up and up and up consistently. I know he's not going to play in back-to-back games. Jalen Suggs also needs to continue to play at the level that he's been playing at defensively and offensively. If all of that happens, the Magic have a chance to make the play in. It's a lot. But all of that has to happen, I think. It's all got to happen. And thankfully, like you said, J.I. out on back-to-backs. We've only got one of those left. Pretty certain. And that's the... Two. The Lakers game is a back-to-back. Oh, the Lakers-Clippers. the Brooklyn-Nets game is a back-to-back. Right. But they have the the Wizards... The Wizards on March 21st is going to be the third and fourth third game in four nights and then um the last game of the season against the heat is going to be the third game in four nights they might hold him out in those kind of three games in four nights scenarios i I don't really know where they might limit his minutes a little bit more so but i will very confidently say that last game of the season even if it's a three and four nights if the magic need that game to make the play in jonathan isaac would play regardless of what's going on even if it was a back-to-back I think you would play in that game if it is meaningful for the Magic. So you're saying they play at the Clippers. I don't. I'm looking at my notes at this point. So I know that they play at the Clippers then at the Lakers. That's a back to back. It is a back to back. The good thing is, I believe they play the Clippers the day before at like three o'clock, mm. and then the Lakers game that is. I don't. I think it's a weekend thing for some reason. The Lakers game is like the normal, like nine nine thirty, you know, West Coast kind of tip off. Lovely. So it's a back to back, but you've got about like three or four hours of extra rest 
It, it is so, so close to. I didn't catch that back to back. I am. I just real close to making that a loss to where my prediction then would make the Magic ten and thirteen in the last twenty three. You go thirty four and forty eight. It wouldn't shock me um, if that you know if they drop that game. Just you're one and ten, man. There's nothing you can do. No stats you can show me when it comes to those back to backs that would make me think that this team like for sure can beat the Lakers. Uh man, it's going to it's either gonna go really well or really not well. Like you said, you drop these next two games that you have to win and that we have basically chalked up as wins. And uh yeah, I mean or and that you're off on a terrible path at that point. I don't think you're coming back from it unless you literally just rip off something stupid like eight or nine straight after those dropping two this week. Oh, it's, I don't know, man. I don't know how it's going to shake out, but I just hope that we're in the conversation in the final few games. Listen, it is not all doom and gloom. You're right. Re- regardless of You're what right. happens You're so right. over the course of the next 23 games, it's not all bad. Mm-hmm. What the Magic cannot do is go like, you can't go like eight and fifteen over the last twenty three. Like you've got to hover around five hundred, whether that's eleven and twelve, whether it's ten and thirteen. I don't even like nine and fourteen. Like to me, like you've got to you've got to win ten out of these last twenty three games at a bare minimum. And like I, I you've got to hit thirty four wins. You the have tough, to. The tough part about all of this is that yes, I say the Pacers will continue to free fall, and I think they will. Uh, you say the Bulls, you know, haven't been. I I said the Bulls haven't been playing well in their last twenty games or eight and twelve. But all of this urgency that we have about these last twenty three games really is pertaining to the the difference between the Magic and the Raptors. If the Bulls decide to figure it out somehow, like you you have got to play above and beyond, and I, I think that that's been communicated. But but even more so, like you're not just worried about you versus Toronto, who has the fifth toughest schedule remaining and but playing good basketball and all these things, and seemingly things are working well. But like all it takes is a switch to flip for Chicago or even Indiana, because Lord knows maybe they just needed a break because they have been putrid, and I don't even use that word. I don't even I, that might have been the first time they have been putrid. Lately, I think Indiana so. kind of. You know, reads I the think room and is like, you know what? I think they'll see themselves out. We've got we've got a nine percent chance at the number one overall pick right now. I, I think it's in Indiana's best interest to probably tank the rest of the way here. I think we probably see some healthy Tyrese Halliburton rest, like SGA maybe not SGA levels, but some healthy maybe. Halliburton rest the last couple of weeks of the season. Yeah, you need to free fall quite but a bit, though. To get I can't to even believe I'm about to say this statement because I am so not a believer in this player. If the Bulls sign Russell Westbrook, Magic's playing hopes are gone. You think so? You don't? Like, get I'm that? not a Westbrook believer, but if he if he finally goes like you know what like I'm just trying to fit in and 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 play a role here, I don't think he's going to Chicago. I think he ends up in Los Angeles with the Clippers. Mm-hmm. Like he's trying to win a ring at this point. That's going to be his best opportunity is in Los Angeles with the Clippers. You're already in LA. You already live there. You've Mm -hmm. been there with the Lakers. You're just, you're swapping jerseys at that point. To me, it makes the most sense for him to sign with the Clippers. But if something crazy happens and he signs with the Bulls, I would be like, well, 
Magic playing hopes are probably gone. I don't know that Russell to the Bulls necessarily puts a nail in the coffin, man. I think Russell could complicate things. I know maybe that whole narrative is played out. Russell's teammates typically do speak highly of him and whatever, but it's play on the court. I just don't know if it's if that's the nail in the coffin. I hope just I don't want to find out. Let's be clear. I hope he goes to the Clippers. And um we just hope this team, being the magic, can do something otherworldly. We'll see. I don't know. A little less Kobe White, a little more Russell Westbrook, you know, might do the Bulls some good. But again, I don't I don't think that is likely to happen. But like you said, the Bulls talented roster. They've got three all stars on their roster. If they're able to figure things out over the course of the next couple of weeks, like if the Bulls go on like a five or six game winning streak, the Magic are probably not making the play in. Uh uh-uh. uh. The Magic are going to need another December run in them where you win, you know, five, six, seven games in a row. The Magic do this at do that like at any point. They're they're gonna have a chance. You know, you can make up, you know, two, three games easily if you mm-hmm. go on a six game win streak and then you're a game, a game and a half, two games back going into the last couple of weeks of the season. And then really anything can happen. Yeah. But the magic can't waste time. Like I hope these guys are coming back locked in. Cause you get you have a slow start out of the gate after the all star break. And you know, all of a sudden, you know, you're in the middle of March and the season's most likely over. Now, they won't let themselves believe that. Like, this team will continue to play, continue to fight, like, the whole way. But probably, like, the first week of April, they're going to be like, man, like, the the games that we let slip, you know, the overtime loss to the Heat, the overtime loss to the mm-hmm. Sacramento Kings, early in the year, losing the double-digit lead on the road to the Oklahoma City Thunder, mm-hmm. uh, the three-pointer by Jokic, you know, to to lose that game. Um, like the list just kind of goes on and on and on, but you're going to look at those opportunities that were like right there, like right there, right for the taking. And you're going to point to six or seven games this year and be like a couple of minutes in each of these games is the season. You're going to, and just to talk in more in the immediate, you're going to have to not just win these first two coming out of the break Pistons Pacers. You're going to have to win in new Orleans, I think. Um, where I have them taking an L right now, but you look at New Orleans last fifteen, they're four and eleven. They've been on a little bit, you know, of a skid there. Obviously, uh, they're at seventh in the West right now. I believe they're going to be desperate. They need, they know what they have to do. But you, so you're playing at New Orleans. You got to win that game. So you got to start out off this break three and zero going into Milwaukee. You you probably lose it, but they're coming off a of back to back. Maybe you catch them finally, you know. Maybe they're not playing up to their normal six and one standards coming off on that second night. I don't know, but you're whatever you think the Magic have to do as a fan, things that you would be satisfied with in the past, where oh the Magic went five hundred in their last twenty three games, like those sort of things, like that's got to shift, and you have to expect way more. Needs to elevate, continue. Yeah, you you have to. So you you have to instead of being like oh this you know. The Magic went four and two in this in their six games out of the All Star break. You guys say, man, I wish I wish we would have gone five and one or six and one, whatever it is, right? Like you 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 have to kind of shift your mindset because that's what's going to have to get it done in this last twenty three game stretch. 
and I think that we have very well emphasized this. But you you've got Pistons, Pacers, at Pelicans, you which you can win. At Milwaukee, at Charlotte, absolutely can win. Blazers absolutely can win. Then you got the Bucks again. The Jazz, who aren't that great. Like you you have to pile these wins. You have to continue. The more you get here out of the break, the more contagious it's going to be for these guys to see the finish line and be like, oh, we actually like we have a very great shot and we can get to this. You have to win the games that you should win, and you probably need to win about four to five games that you shouldn't win. Yeah. That's that's what it that's what it's gonna take. And listen, I know you know, this seems like, oh my gosh, like we're not gonna make the plan. This might be kind of depressing. To me, it's not because I, I legitimately believe that it's possible. Mm-hmm. If this team plays up to their defensive potential, and let's last year it was, you know, I think it was seventh or like eleventh post all star break last year. Let me go ahead and, and pull this up while I'm talking here. But the improvements that we're talking about, like this team needs to make last year post all star break, all of a sudden decide not to show me. There we go. 21, 2023. 20, Traditional, we're going to go to advanced analytics here, defensive rating, post-All-Star break, and it just keeps jumping back to 2023. NBA.com is really screwing me right now. But if the Magic, all of a sudden, the rest of the way, they're fifth defensive rating over these last 23 games, that's what it's going to take. This team is capable of that, but they have to decide every single night that they're going to do it. It's going to take a lot of growing up in these last 23 games. And listen... Another reason I said it's not all doom and gloom. If the Magic fall two, three games short of the play-in, this team started five and 20. To fall two, three, even four games short of the play-in after a start like that is a successful season for the Orlando Magic. The over-under win total for this team, Vegas is right most of the time. It was set to 26 and a half games. If this team gets to 34 wins and outperforms their over-under win total by eight games, that's really freaking good. Mm -hmm. The Magic can fall three, four games short of the play-in and still have the fifth worst record in the league and finish with a 10.5% chance of getting the number one overall pick. We won the number one overall pick this last year, and I know it's... To me, it still feels kind of dirty. Still feels a little bit too early to be talking about the draft. But the Magic are at, a, at an impasse right now where it would be a crazy successful season to make the play-in after everything that has transpired, everything that they've been through, to make the play-in still a massively successful season. To still have top five, six odds at the number one overall pick for this team. And we're not just talking about Victor Wembanyama. You know, we're talking about Scoot Henderson as well, if, if you're lucky enough to get into the top two. Either of those guys, like we go from being like, you know, super, super excited about the future of this team. We go to super saying excited <laughs> about the future of this team. If you add one of those guys to this roster, the Magic are at a point right now, Luke, where I feel like as long as they play to a reasonable level of the standard that we now hold them at, If they are ten and thirteen or or you know eleven and twelve over the last twenty three games, as long as we are in that neighborhood, if we fall short of the play in, you still have to feel very 
encouraged by what this team was able to accomplish over the course of an 82-game season. And then you're licking your chops again, looking at the draft lottery. And let's say the Chicago Bulls, they're not able to get into the play-in. They don't improve that much over the course of the last, uh, what do they have left? 26 and 33. So they've played, what is that? So they have 23 games left as well. All of a sudden, like you're licking your chops and you're like, man, like two two lottery chances. I'm going to go ahead, Luke. I'm going to hit Sim Lottery on Tankathon and we'll just see what happens here. And Tankathon is literally taking forever. It doesn't seem like it's ever going to stop. I'm going to refresh the page here. And Tankathon is just telling me no. Tankathon is is not loading at all. If you want to queue up Tankathon, Luke, spin the wheel. Tell me what happens. Yeah. Um, so on my computer, it just did the same thing to me. I think Tankathon's down. Not great. Not. Maybe that's a sign. Wait, hold on. Let's see. Oh, wait. It worked. Okay. So it finally worked. Uh, Orlando. <laughs> Orlando, third pick in the draft. Um, and where'd the Bulls pick go? Orlando, eighth pick. So three and eight. Three, third pick, eighth pick. Not too bad. On mine, the Magic got the seventh pick. Chicago got the third pick. That's not great. Not what we want to see. Not, not what we want to see. But, folks, that's not likely. You know, let's <laughs> let's keep those bad vibes out of here. It's not likely. It, it is possible, but it's not incredibly likely. So, again, it's it was always going to be a long shot of the Magic making the play-in. But, like, the hope for me is still alive. But the Magic have to come firing out of the gates. Like, the Magic probably need to win, like, three you know out of four or like five out of six coming out of the all-star break to really have a shot at this Mm -hmm. yep but it's possible folks i think this team can do it they've just got to figure out everything now they have to decide on a nightly basis they're going to defend and rebound let the offense take care of itself franz Wagner and paolo bancaro are refreshed both scoring close to 20 points per game if you are a top five defensive efficiency team, the last 23 games here, those guys offense is going to be good enough most nights to get you a win. If you're one of the best defensive teams in the league. Yeah. Is that so much to ask? We'll see. Luke, anything left? No, I think, uh, I think that's about it. All right, folks. Remember March 3rd, Burton's 801 East Washington Ave. Magic are going to take on the Charlotte Hornets. We'll be there for another watch party. Make sure you guys come out to that. But outside of that, that's going to do it for this episode. For Luke Sylvia, this has been Jonathan Osborne. You guys are listening to The Six Man Show, and we will catch you guys next time. See you. Thanks for listening to The Sixth Man Show. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes and Spotify to get new episodes downloaded directly to your phone. If you enjoyed the show, please take a minute to give us a five-star rating and a review. It helps out the show a lot. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Six Man Show. We'll catch you guys next time. Go Magic! Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. 
Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.